Hello, true believers, and welcome to You Should Read This, a podcast by Alan and Ryan. Uh, you may know us from Four Color Commentary. If you do, hi, thanks for coming back. If not, that's cool too. Uh, we've been talking about comic books, me and Alan, uh, I'm Ryan, for quite a while, for about four years over at Four Color Commentary, uh, our old podcast, our erstwhile podcast, you'd call it. Uh, and now we're starting up something new. This is You Should Read This, a comic book and graphic novel review and discussion show. We're going to talk about one book per episode. Uh, you're about to hear our first episode. Technically, it's our zero-with episode, not just because I insist on counting like we're computers, but more uh, because this was the demo episode that we just sat down and we're like, well, let's see if this would work at all. And so now you're going to get that. Um as you can imagine with demo episodes, it's kind of rough. There's a lot of ums and ahs. Audio qualities, you know, could get better. Um, and you'll you'll see good stuff coming out of that in some of our later episodes. Uh, but sit back, relax, and enjoy. Uh, thanks for listening. You can find us on the internet at YSRT Comics on Twitter. You should read this comics on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, like, subscribe, share, comment. Do all those things. Let us know that you exist. Enjoy. to the zeroth episode of you should read this uh, a comic book and graphic novel review and discussion my name is ryan and i guess i'm alan yes <laughs> i guess i'm not always 100 percent sure depending on uh what audio feed i'm currently on at the time all right well that's confusing uh anyway we are uh gonna sit here we're gonna talk about a graphic novel, a book that we both read. Um, it is called Diary Comics, written by Dustin Harbin, written and drawn by Dustin Harbin. It's out on Koyama Press. Uh, when did this come out? You were holding the book in front of you, Alan. Yes. Uh, do you have a, can you check copyright date? Uh, I'm checking the jacket and it has nothing there. And I am checking okay. the back jacket and it also has nothing there. Uh, should be on the colophon. It's the page after gotcha. the title page. Yeah, uh, it's 2015-ish. No big deal. Uh, so it's been out for a couple of years, but it is a collection of um, online, uh, basically web comics that Dustin Harbin did over the period of a couple of years. He started them as 24-hour comics and then just kept going. Yeah, I was actually uh, checking out the website uh, before we recorded this, and mm -hmm. it's just a normal web comic website, which is something I'm intimately familiar with. And so I didn't know that was the case. I thought these were going to be, um, I don't know, print only. I don't, or, or, or like scattered throughout time. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize it was all just collected in one place. Oh, gotcha. Um, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty continuous. Like you can't really tell with the exception of the like interstitial chapter breaks that he has. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, I would, well, let's let's do this. Why don't you? Because you're the one that brought this to me. Sure. Um, yeah. Can you do like a like a background? Can you do like a a quick? This is how you found it. This is how you heard about it. This is oh, what sure. it is. Can yeah. Um. I have followed Dustin Harbin on the internet for 
a long time since I, as long as I've been into comics online, uh, he's been one of those people that I follow, just kind of followed on Twitter back in the wilder West days of Twitter when it was more that more likely that you could reply to somebody's tweet and then you guys would have like a discussion and no one would troll anybody else and there wouldn't be weird bots or anything like that. And it's so, like the, the civil version of the wild west. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's like when the, when the, the non wild west, whereas now it is the wild west. There, there uh, were no rules, but everybody was still really nice to each other. Everybody was, it was weird. I started talking to him because um, he was doing a Dune book club and Paul Pope was a member of it. And Paul Pope drew a couple of pages of a Dune scene. And that's how I found it and started following it. And I was also doing a Dune book club at the time, the book Dune. Uh, and so I just started following him. And then he started doing these diary comics. And I remember doing a Kickstarter for some for the, the uh, newspaper broadsheet thing that he talks about in the book. I contributed yeah. to that Kickstarter. I have it printed out upstairs. Uh, and when he first did a first collection of these, I did the Kickstarter for that as well. And so I've just been sort of, you know, vaguely internet stalking him for about five or six years. Um, and so when this collection came out, we actually ran into him at Comic Arts LA a couple of years ago. Was and that the one I was at or was it the, the one I missed after that? No, no, it was the one you were at. Oh, uh, wow. Dang. Yeah. Okay. And so I I bought it at the time. Uh, because I had had like kind of like the first like little thin volume and I wanted to read the rest of it. I wanted to read all the stuff that he'd done. And then I gave it to you because you've been talking about doing autobio comics and especially like that sort of four panel single, single page stories. And I figured, well, this guy is a pro at this. So uh, maybe I'll make Alan read these so that he can feel terrible about himself. I mean, so that he can get excited and see. But then I didn't, yeah. I forgot that it didn't start with the rough ones. I forgot that he has like 20, 25 pages of intro first. It, it so, is definitely got that collection feel where uh, he decided to do like a foreword for it, but in yeah. comic form. Mm-hmm. Which actually, you know what it really reminded me of, but you know, uh, before we jump in the meat of it, is uh, like very Scott McCloud, like understanding comics is how it mm-hmm. felt originally. Yeah, yeah it's almost know. like understanding autobio comics. Yeah, that's actually a good point. I want to I want to talk about that in a little bit, but continue your thing. Um, so yeah, so I mean, I I really like his style. He's just pen and ink. Uh, I think there's ink washes. There is. Yes. I think that's as much as it gets. It doesn't seem like there's zip a tone. There's definitely not color nope. except for the cover. Nope, like gray Copics is kind of what you would be expecting. Uh, and then I knew that you would find something to enjoy because towards the end of the book, he gets sort of really kind of up his own butt philosophically <laughs> about like what does it mean to observe your life in comics form as it's happening right and like at what point can you not count it as occurring because you're too busy writing it down and stuff like that and i thought oh alan's gonna alan's gonna love this alan, this, this yeah. is gonna be an alan thing i i definitely understand why you would make me read all this yes that that makes a lot of sense and the other thing is it's crazy thick but I read it like in an evening. I read it in like yeah, half I, an hour, I, 45 minutes or something. It, it reads, yeah. you just like keep turning pages like, oh, I want to see what's going to happen next. Like it, it reads super quick. Uh, when, we, when we went to lunch and I went back to work, uh, I think I had 15 minutes. So I sat down outside and I read it. I read like, I got through like the foreword and a couple of the, the first comics. Mm-hmm. And then I went home and I read 
the rest of it, I think, nice. in about an hour, hour and a half. Um, I'm a slow reader. Like, in general, I read very, very slowly. So, and especially because I want to take in everything that's going on. Because what was, as of this reading, so you read this a week before giving it to me. Yeah. Uh, as of that reading, how many times have you read this collection? Uh, I haven't read the collection more than that one time. Oh, okay. Um, but I had read sort of like the first chunk that starts with his first real rough comics kind of up through like his first conference that he goes to his first mm-hmm. comic convention. The first con or whatever. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. I think that that's right. And it's, it's like a, like a little thin volume that I have. Yeah. And so I remember, and I remember reading like random ones online. I wasn't, uh, I'm terrible at following web comics. And so I would just check <laughs> it occasionally and, and read back through, through a few if I had time. Right. Uh, but I never sat down and consumed it as a coherent chunk like that. Um, okay. So I, I don't know. My, my first time reading this, and I think the first, the, the thing that really I had to struggle to get to was the, um, was the foreword. Mm-hmm. Because, like I said, I had, I had read it outside of work. I was going back to work. I was just trying to like read some, some diary comics. And he gets real allegorical about like what it means to uh, sit down and observe a moment and then describe it onto paper. Mm-hmm. And then he starts getting into um, leaving behind like a legacy, which is like, like something. The, he posits the idea that basically if you're going to create something, uh, that it should be worth remembering because it's sort of like a, a thing that he values himself on or, or it's a, what's, what's the point of me doing this if it's not going to last? But then he oh, starts talking yeah. about um, the concept of the idea getting, like the more you really look at the, the moment, the, the thing that you're studying to then turn into a comic essentially. Mm-hmm. And because you're looking at it so hard, it starts changing. And I think what he's, I think what he's trying to talk about is, is, like the the melding and, and flimsiness of memory yeah. and perspective. Mm-hmm. And I think that he was worried about his perspective and his memory not being 100% accurate and that that, that was going to somehow affect the way the comic like, <laughs> came across. Yeah. Which, as far as storytelling goes, makes little to no sense. <laughs> I mean, it's a weird thing to stress over when you're just trying to create a silly four-panel uh, comic about I'm at a party and my friend said something silly and, and then put it on the internet. Yeah, that's true. But at the same time, if he's going for that like full like Veritas thing, then people who are also there are going to be like, well, hey, man, that's not how it went down. Yeah, that's true. Uh, although it seems like he, in, in every other person that he shows in this book or talks to in this book, uh, he makes them seem like they really don't care about his diary comics. <laughs> <laughs> like it seems like all of his friends are like, yeah, that's cool, dude. You need to, you need to calm down. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's not that big a deal. And he hangs out with some pretty prolific uh, or at the very least very, um, what was he kept mentioning sort of in the second half of the book was um, uh, 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 Hark of Vagrant. What's her name? Oh yeah. Kate Beaton. Kate Beaton. And I'm like, you're just, casually hanging out with Kate Beaton. But, which, but when, when I don't want to say when the internet was new because it wasn't, but like, I remember young. like I've, I remember having like tweet back and forth conversations with Kate Beaton, like right when she had just started poking, posting really dumb Hark of Vagrant stuff. And I was like, <laughs> Hey, your stuff's funny. She's like, Hey, thanks. I'm, 
work at a museum and so I thought I'd do some history comics and I thought that'd be funny you know like it was before she became like you know I own multiple <laughs> picture books of her that my kids have memorized like it's right. a different time that's uh, my favorite weird celebrity encounter in there is where he like meets and goes to dinner with an a comics artist in Brooklyn at the yeah. at like NYCC or something like that and he's like oh yeah. what's your name Toon Day and I'm like oh yeah that's the lead singer of TV on the radio Wait, okay, so who is it? It is Toon Day, by the way. Yeah, it's, uh, Toon Day is the lead singer of the band TV on the Radio, which is a band that I like a lot. Um, I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah, it he, says here that he says, I found out that Toon Day was famous, making him even more long-suffering in, res- in retrospect. Yeah, he's also in, um, he's been in a few movies. He was in, um, what, he was in a movie that was like very like did really well in you know like award season i can't remember what it's called if somebody goes <laughs> to the wedding or something like that uh i could google it but i probably won't um but who, my favorite part was when speaking of famous people that he hung out with uh when he just starts hanging out with tim Schafer for a night yeah and he's like oh it turns out our booth is right next to each other yeah did you were you geeking out a little bit right there i actually was yes it's it's so funny um and i keep telling you when you have time because you will never have time but you should go check out um uh day nine tv and he has a show called mostly walking and mm. where they just sit around like what we're doing right now but they play uh point and click adventure games ah. and and so i have seen <laughs> i haven't played it because i didn't have a pc games growing up really but i've seen grim fandango and oh, nice. um, monkey island and it's still what's the word i'm looking for uh it, it's still very impactful to just be like sort of a part of that experience in some yeah. way, shape, or form. Like, you look at those games, and then, oh, and Psychonauts. Mm-hmm. Like, Psychonauts was another thing that I, that I did sort of play. And it's brilliant. It's so funny. Like, everything that guy does, storytelling, like, narratively, is really well thought out, but also hilarious. So, mm-hmm. that, yeah, I was geeking out a little bit over that part. Um, I would... I would I, he talks about, in the beginning, how he was doing these comics uh sort of just by the hour yeah so just if you you know about hourly comics right well yeah but i assume people like take stock of them and then do them all at one time he Uh, actually the whole the whole thing for hourly comics is for 24 hours you make a comic every hour i thought it was you're just supposed to chronicle like the hourly day to day I don't, I don't know, man. I, I remember following, like, never doing it because I was always too busy, like, reading other people's updates as they post them every hour. Okay. But maybe that well, was then, 2009. Well, we follow different artists then because I'm reading <laughs> yeah. web comics. Oh, that was the thing I wanted to talk about. Uh, like, Diary Comics uh, in general and the Autobio comic. Mm-hmm. Um, his, Dustin's uh, Autobio style, I guess, seems very, I don't know, it, it's not it's not anecdotal. Like it's not something that you would go to, like you wouldn't be at a party and be like, Oh, this one time. And then X, right. Mm-hmm. He, he definitely seems more like he is telling a, like a snippet of time where the last panel may or may not tie in. It, it could just be like, I went to the store today and I saw this really crazy famous person. I'm just pulling this as a, as a thing. Sure. Um, I saw this crazy famous person. And then the last panel is, and then I ate a sandwich. And like, it, it's not as far as other autobio comics, which would be uh, walking into the store, seeing the famous person, 
attempting to talk to them and then feeling like inadequate, right? That would be that would mm-hmm. leave like an autobio comic. Yeah. And that's the four panels. And he just sort of blows over the important stuff sometimes. Yeah. No, I, I definitely can see that. I feel I feel like maybe part of it is he's trying to highlight the fact that like, hey, big things happen, but so does everything else. Yeah. I, guess I mean that's true. and maybe that's maybe that's like me over philosophizing it. Uh and maybe part of it is that he's just like, Well, that was only three panels. What else did I do yesterday? Uh, I had a sandwich. <laughs> it's like uh, why why t- take four panels to tell the story you can do it in three and then panel four is just a freebie yeah i'm not sure i kind of not like now i want to bug him about it though <laughs> i gotta find like an exact uh, uh example of that because i feel like right now that might just be what i took away from it and not necessarily um what he was trying to get at and that would be embarrassing is if i said that to him and be like i have no idea what you're talking about <laughs> um uh, the one, the other autobio comic that I really want to compare it to, though, would be the old school um, Johnny Wander autobio. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah. Which also does sort of a, like a, a black and white ink wash sort of manga yeah. style. And there's, I say there's because it's Yuka Oda and um, mm-hmm. Anand Hirsch. And oh yeah, man, I, I I own several collections of it. We're good. Yeah, it, it, <laughs> Ryan, you do realize we're talking to other people. Possibly. Oh, is that what's going on right now? Yeah, that, oh, that's right. Sorry, I got to get back into this whole recording a <laughs> podcast thing. Um, and uh, and uh, their comics are are very much about like the anecdotal moment, and uh, it's it's adorable. Um, yeah, no, I. It's a it's a big difference because there's you're right there's our like hey we found a good moment in the past couple of days or the past couple of weeks and we're gonna illustrate it uh, and and his I don't know it it almost seems like he's kind of hampered by the fact that it just flowed directly from um, from twenty four hour comics that it it almost sort of became a thing where he's like well no I gotta got to do it this way you know like where you where you get sort of locked into a groove mm-hmm. and like even though you can think of all these things you'd rather be doing and all these ways you'd rather be doing things you're like well but this is you know this is what i've been doing for a while and and so i'm gonna stick with it i i think because. that's a really yeah i think that's a really interesting uh evolution throughout just this collection because like i said earlier you see him doing it where he just sits down it's him he does a comic about him sitting down in the middle of a party to do a comic Mm -hmm. and and doing it by the way i'm sure this is four by five which is the same he says in the beginning he does all of his comics a little four by five notebook oh then yeah that makes sense i could see so literally you're getting like the same size probably Mm -hmm. shrunk down a little bit for bleed edges because they probably couldn't print it the same size that he drew it yeah um but i think that's uh ingenious i also Um, like that at the end of the book the end papers are like super ink stained yeah it it definitely looks like it was uh, was really funny because when i was when i was bringing it over to to um let you borrow it i was looking at the book just like making sure it was clean and stuff and i was like oh man did i do I have something on my hands? Like, did I get something on this? And I seriously like tried wiping it off a couple of times before I realized, no, like that's, that's by design. That's a, that's neat. That's, that's an cool. aesthetic. Yeah. Um, but the, the evolution from uh, the beginning of this collection to the end of this collection, uh, where he is um, uh, getting better is, is sort of like the word for it. I don't know mm-hmm. if he's getting better. I think, I think putting more effort in 
is is more what it seems like. Yeah. Uh, because from the stuff that I've read, I read an interview where he did a, he did an interview with Comics Alliance in 2014, mm-hmm. um, where they were showing off his dinosaur art. Um, oh yeah, I, I have one of those. Oh man, it looks so good. And as a dinosaur fan, it looks so good. <laughs> um, but like watching him put more effort in and get a little bit better, it it definitely gives that feeling of kind of what he talks about in the book, like taking more pride in it and mm-hmm. using it as as a thing to really get feelings out and onto paper and create a thing and be proud of the thing that you created. Um, and, uh, and, and it's this weird, I don't know. It, is it accidental genius? I feel like that's a weird like phrase. Mm-hmm. The, the idea that I started doing this thing uh, where I was trying to create something that I was proud of. And then over time uh, I just, got really upset at the fact that I had to keep doing this thing, but I kept putting uh, more and more work into it. And eventually it became this thing that I get, that I was, and it's, it's this weird, like Ouroboros, like full circle, uh, creative thing. And number one, it makes me super happy because that's really, I mean, that's really cool that he got to come around on that after a year. Um, and a year is a long time, but I feel like for, uh, the creative process and to, to really flesh out something that you really care about. Uh, like a year is not a ton of time. And so he hit the ground hard and just started running. Um, but, but that sort of creative Ouroboros is something that I, I think that was what he was trying to get across. And that's like what the foreword was about mm-hmm. was setting you up for that. That being said, I went back and I read the foreword again before we started recording. Oh, okay. And it, and it is a really, neato um if you if you're reading it the first time it's really neato foreshadowing uh if you read it a second time it's really neato uh conclusion uh peace of mind wrap-up stuff oh yeah yeah that's cool uh, i need to i need to get that back from you read it <laughs> when i hand it back to you you should just read the forward again he does it in the end too um where he's talking about you know what he gained out of this and you know putting more uh, in in the people along the way and um, you know, how this whole thing made him feel. But I really feel like even after you read that conclusion, when you go back and you read that forward, um, at the prologue? I don't know what to yeah. call it. Yeah, prologue uh, works or forward, either one of those. Uh, that it really ties a bow on things. Because you get to go back and be like, you did it, Dustin. You did it. <laughs> Good job, buddy. <laughs> Speaking of which, he seems like a really uh, artist. Like, I call it the artist's burden. Or uh-huh. like you can't, uh, nothing you do will ever be good enough. <laughs> I feel like you should be familiar with that a little bit. Uh, and immensely. Um, especially with my own autobio that I'm doing now too. Yeah. Um, I've been enjoying it. Tell your wife that they're very funny. Yeah. It, I, thank you. I will tell her because she was very insistent. She's like, you forgot to put my name on the last couple, you know? Oh, snap. I know. I'm like, oh no, I didn't mean to do that. I promise. Um, but yeah, I, it's, it's something interesting to like take a moment that, especially when you're, so for me, when I'm doing it for entertainment value, mm-hmm. um, where it's supposed to be like a silly auto bio, um, I'm really trying to hype it up. And I feel like he is not that kind of writer. Uh-huh. I definitely got the, I don't know how to put this, like the, the state, like the dry humor. Mm-hmm. There's like a and, bunch of just dry yeah. style humor. And I, and I, I always really like identified with really, really dry humor, like humor to the point that it's like, is that a joke? <laughs> um, and I, and I liked that about it, but I, it, and 
And I think that he gets away with it because it's so much like, well, this is what I did today. <laughs> and, and then so I'm going to say which. And so he, so he has that same, that same sort of non-profound nothing. You know, everything is, is just a flat line tone with everything. And sometimes it's like, wait, was that a joke? Was, was that, <laughs> like, should I be laughing right now? Or was that with the same effect of like, and I had to figure out how to pay rent because I couldn't pay rent. You know, like it, it was. Yeah. Is, it, is that like a, since you were talking to him way back, is that like, is that his personality? Is that like his, his shtick? Is like He's, a little bit of a dry humor. Yeah, a super dry humor, very, very self-deprecating. <laughs> um, he's a super nice dude. Like even when I met him at Kala, he was just like the nicest guy. Nice. That's always cool to hear. Yeah. Um, what's going on with uh, Koyama Press? It's not something I've heard of before. Okay, so Koyama Press, it's interesting. It's it's weird because they've just made a big change. But An- Annie Koyama is this lady who really likes like super independent handmade comics. And I don't know what she did in a past life, but she, <laughs> she's got money to throw around. And so at some point a few years ago, she was just sort of like, well, I want to help people put out books that they wouldn't be able to put out otherwise. And she basically would handpick people and be like, Hey, I want you to make a book for my press. I'll pay you for it. You'll make money off of it. Let's do it. Interesting. And then just recently, she's uh, like actually like this week or last week or something. She announced like, "Hey, I'm shutting down Koyama Press as a going concern uh, because a lot of the artists and people who are making comics and stuff that I really like, like it's not so much that they need a publisher because self-publishing in the period of time between sort of when that book was a thing and when she was doing stuff with him a couple of years ago, as to now, like." just the the distribution part of it is pretty much solved you know it's not hard to put a pdf online and have people buy it um and so and she's like so now i'm just going to be giving artists money to make stuff whatever they want whoa so she's still like it's not like an application process she finds you yeah but she's just like a comics patron she basically announced like i'm going to be changing koyama press to koyama patronage Wow, that is, that's intensely hum, like humanitarian. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 like it's the weirdest thing, you know. Usually, you hear about people with lots of money, like I'm gonna buy another yacht, and it's like <laughs> oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna I want to see more cool weird comics in the world, so I'm gonna make sure that happens. Is there anything else that's come out like through that patronage recently, or maybe not recently, but like anything uh, that I would know off the top of my head? Anything we've read before? Um, Koyama, the patronage like literally was announced like at the end of July. Oh, like after SDC. Wait. Oh, okay. We're still in July. Are we still in uh, July? It's t- it is tomorrow's the last day. Oh, I didn't even know that. My time is ridiculous. Um, but like I'm 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 looking at the it's just koyamapress.com, like the books that have come out on it. Um, I have some of these, like uh, stuff from uh, Ben Sears, like all Ben Sears books come out on Koyama Press. But it's, um, let's see, she did a book from Sophia Foster Dimino, or, yeah, who's one of my favorite people. She did a book from um, Jesse Jacobs, who has also done designs for what's the name of that show adventure time, but is also like a 
his comics are totally insane. Like it's <laughs> it's if you if you go to koyamapress.com and look at products and just look at the books, you're like, yeah, I mean, this is stuff that would never get published on image or would never get published by dark horse. Um, and like, if it was from a more mature artist might get on like Fantagraphics or drawn and quarterly, but this is, she's like taking risks, you know, like finding people who are like, Hey, you have a cool style, make a book. Yeah. Pay for it. You know, that's, I had never heard of that before. That's really, really, really cool. Yeah, and I don't think there's anything in here looking at that I've brought to uh, four color commentary or that I've really thrown at you before. But okay. I mean, so we have a lot of cool stuff to read here pretty soon. Yeah, man. There's a, <laughs> there's a ton of stuff in here that I, that now I like looking through it right now. I'm like, oh, I want to read that. I want to read that. I want to read all this. Cool. We can do that. I'm okay with that. <laughs> um, so as far as, uh, uh, I, I don't know. Like we've we've covered art, we've covered uh, writing, uh, some anecdotal stuff. Publisher, is there anything else to say about it? Um, no, I think so. I mean, we could talk about. I think uh, the easiest place to get it is from Amazon. Okay. Um, you can. Oh yeah, it's still it. print. Yeah, you can probably get it from your local brick and mortar uh, comic book store. They'll, they're guaranteed they're going to have to special order it. Um, if you go to dharbin.com, D-H-A-R-B-I-N.com, um, you can order it directly from him, and he'll draw on it. <laughs> That's cool. We, I mean, I would highly recommend you do that. Um, yeah, I think you can also, he's got a couple of shirts. Um, oh, the shirts are super cool. Yeah. I was looking through those. The Resist shirt I saw was really awesome. Um, beware of dog was hilarious because it's just a dog, like a humanoid looking dog that's got knives and, uh, <laughs> and a turtle shirt, which looks like a little, like all the other shirts just look like white line art. And the turtle shirt is like the one that he looks like he put a ton of effort into. Oh yeah. Yeah. That, that like the tortoise one with all the, the layers and the scenes yeah, on yeah. scenes on scenes. It looks really cool. Yeah. He's, he's also got this book. Uh, that I think came out on like No Brow or something that's called Behold the Dinosaurs. And it is, uh, it's the, that dinosaur book that you're talking about. But I saw the print, I didn't see the. But it's, so it's, it's, a, it's a book in the sense that you can turn the pages and read about each one of these dinosaurs. But the whole thing is like printed on cardstock and folded accordion style. So oh, yeah. though you can turn the pages and read it, you can just stretch it out, and this it's this huge like oh, wow. ten foot long picture of all of these dinosaurs drawn together, and it is so cool. That is uh, super cool. And also, if you go on his website, you can give him twenty five dollars, and he'll draw you a lumberjack. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> if you go to just store.dharbin.com, um. The stimulus package 2018, he calls it. I don't know if he, I don't know, it looks like it's sold out. I don't know if he has any available. Oh, stimulus package 2018. Yeah, there you go. Option one, the Husky Helper. Option two, the book report. I will send you a signed sketch copy. Okay. Option three, the Sartorial Stray. For $50, I'll draw a dog or cat, your choice, in a suit, my choice. <laughs> You can tell you can tell me which one you want. If you like, you can specify the animal's gender, but odds are I'll dress them in a men's suit because they're big and boxy and fun to draw. 
Uh, the specific stray, I'll do your dog or cat in a suit for $75. So he's got to use a picture reference for that one. And then uh, apparently he sold out of his persons of interest original drawings. Oh, yeah. For a while he was doing it where, like, he would draw a, any celebrity for, for you. He's, he's got a Johnny Cash on here, for, for example. He's made a ton of them. I, I really I remember seeing his Sufjan Stevens, and I was a huge fan of it. Uh, I think I, it was funny because when he was doing those, I think he was partially doing them to sell them and partially for the Instagram likes. Right. Because it would be, it would be like, oh, look, it's so-and-so. That's so cool. Double yeah. tap. <laughs> Double tap. Double tap for love. Is that what it means? Uh, sure. I don't know. I, uh, I came up with a cool saying the other day that I want to use more, which is high five it twice. Mm. High five it twice and to make the to make the love go run. I don't know. Oh uh, yeah, I'm working on it. <laughs> it's a sales pitch. Okay. All right. Well, uh, if anyone listens to this, thank you, Jenna. <laughs> yeah. If, if you listening. do listen to this, uh, we quasi apologize for um, a initial dry run of putting this. But we will attempt to make every iTunes uh, better and easier to listen to. Uh, finally, Ryan, where can people find you? <laughs> uh, Zoom, Zoom finally glitched out when you were saying that. Oh, First time we've had like hardcore audio glitch this whole time. Of course. Uh, yeah. Uh, so uh, I'm available on the internet at Ryan Roop on Twitter, Instagram. Um, so R Y A N R U P P E. Uh, if you go to Prestige Format, that's I'm not going to spell it. Prestigeformat.com, spelled exactly the way those words are spelled. Then you can read my music reviews and uh, get links to playlists of music recommendations on Spotify and Apple Music. And you can find me at Marginally Talented, M-R-G-N-L-Y Talented, on Twitter and Instagram, uh, where I draw things, including my autobio comics and my four-panel dinosaur and robot comics um, which I'm probably going to be up late doing, and uh, <laughs> or maybe I'll do it tomorrow. Uh, and uh, uh, no, that's pretty much it. It's the only two I use at this point. Sweet. All right. All right. Thanks for listening. We don't I'm have it after. Okay. Bye. <laughs> okay. Do, do, bye. Do 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 do. do, 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 do.